It's time for Mama Bear Donita on the Mama Bear Cancer Support Radio Podcast. Welcome to The Sharing Den, where we share cancer stories, products, and information to support anyone going through the journey. We will be there for you. We will be there with you. Now, welcome Mama Bear Donita. It's Donita, Mama Bear, and I am extremely excited to be able to talk to the co-founder of My Style Matters, Tia Tomlin, um, and she is also a triple negative breast cancer survivor, which makes me super, super excited. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So we were talking some minute ago before I pressed record that we both had triple negative. And um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because so triple negative breast cancer, I was a stage between zero and a one 10 years ago. And I took four treatments of TAC all together, same time. So what was your, what was your diagnosis and treatment? Yeah. So I was diagnosed um, in 2015. So that's what, four years ago. And my treatment plan consisted of four rounds of AC, adriamycin. Um, Some people call it the red devil. I choose not to call it the red devil. We actually call (laughs) it the blood of the lamb. (laughs) Oh, wow. Go yeah. 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 And and then I had four rounds of Taxol. I had a dose dense of Taxol. So they broke them up. Like you didn't take them all at once. Yeah. So what some survivors do when they're diagnosed or they get Taxol um, with triple negative, they may do it over every week over the course of 12 weeks. In my case, it was every other week for four weeks. I had four rounds, but I got kind of like a double hit of it. They call it dose dense. Side effects were a little bit worse than probably some with, who did it over the course of 12 weeks and, and breaking it up that way. Do you know why they did it that way? Well, I, you know, it's funny because I was not aware that that was even an option when I was going through the journey. And as I got more into advocacy and learned about that, I went back to my oncologist and I asked her that question. And she said, being that I was diagnosed in June, she was pretty much looking at lifestyle without having the discussion with me. But she said she just considered, you know, the time frame in which I would be going through treatment and then having to have surgery, considering time out of work. Um, considering insurance and having to, you know, come out of pocket again the following year. So she was thinking about all of those things and thought it being that I was diagnosed in the middle of the year in June, I started treatments in July, it would push me further out until the end of the year. So that was her thought of being considerate of me. Wow. Did you agree with that thought process? Um, you know, it's a great question you asked that. Had I known about the side effects being much more worse with those stents, I probably would have said, push me out to 12, you know, the, over the course of 12 weeks, if that would have lessened the side effects, because here it is four years later, I'm still dealing with neuropathy from the taxol. Oh, yeah, um, sure. Yeah, I so, do too. You know, I do too. I mean, yeah. and, it's, and I will tell you, it gets better. Like yeah. my, my toes, I actually used to go in for pedicures and they'd be digging stuff out and I'm not even moving. They're looking at me like, she's not moving. Like what's going on? I couldn't feel anything. And now the other day she went to dig something out and I almost came out of the chair. So, oh, wow. so it does get better. I will, I yeah. will tell you eventually, but yeah. so I, I'm curious because like my first treatment, my, I had the TAC all together, the TAC, you know, uh, the. I just almost said silence of the land. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. I'm 
<laughs> blood of the lamb and uh, or aka red devil and then and then the whatever the c is i know um i try to avoid saying the word because i don't like it but yeah. it's um when i had all three together and that first so the first time i went in my port was broken so they had to go through my veins so Good. you can imagine the the red one going through my blood that was very painful and then i got home and i couldn't like i was laying in the bed and i would tell my body okay it's time to get up i need to go to the restroom which is like three feet away N no my body was like nah, no we're not going but thanks thanks anyway so like i couldn't move with those three and i wondered why they broke it up like i don't know why but i it just seemed to me like a better idea to not take it all at once yeah. and so since you did the double i'm guessing you had some of what i had you know like that it's just hard like all the everything that happens during the chemo is just the side effects are so hard so yeah. so you went through that you were laying there and you decided i am gonna form a company that helps other people yes yes, yes absolutely <laughs> yeah i know the feeling so so you know isn't it isn't it isn't it refreshing to be able to look back on it and talk about it and do and move forward and do things about it? So tell us, tell us about um, My Style Matters. Tell us, uh, uh, tell us about you. Yeah. So My Style Matters was birthed out of my journey. Um, it, it's actually funny because prior to us starting the nonprofit, we actually were an LLC. And our goal was to actually partner with nonprofit organizations to put on events to raise awareness for their cause. And right before I got diagnosed in June of 2015 with triple negative breast cancer, we actually partnered with American Cancer Society to put on an event called the 5K Suit Run to raise awareness for prostate cancer. My business partner and I had talked and we said, you know, breast cancer gets a lot of attention, but what about the men? That's like the, you know, yeah, breast cancer, sister yeah. cancer. To, um, to prostate cancer. And so, you know, we pitched our idea to American Cancer Society. They loved it. And so we partnered with them. And then like within a month or two, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was like, what? Where is this coming oh, from? Wow. You know, how does okay. this happen? You know, we're trying to help people. I'm not supposed to go through this. <laughs> and of course, you know, going through it, you discover your purpose. You discover yes. why you had to go through this. And so I told my business partner, I said, we need to X you know, the LLC, and we need to become our own nonprofit because there's a bigger picture um, than just partnering with other nonprofits to raise awareness for their cause. But, you know, we going through the journey myself, I, I saw so much, so many um, red tape. Deficiencies. You know? yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, there you go, deficiencies. And I wanted to be a part of the solution. And I said, you know, let's make this happen without all the red tape and, you know, and the limitations that, are there or the things that are not available to survivors that have needs. And so we started um, My Style Matters as a nonprofit in, 20, in the fall of 2017. And what we do is we provide supportive services to those, those that are battling cancer. Our first goal is to help educate people on making lifestyle changes to have better, uh, better outcomes, you know, better quality of life, um, you know, helping them to, to fight the disease and be preventative from a recurrence and things of that nature to minimize their risk. And so we educate them on making those lifestyle changes. Um, we provide a care package. Everything in it is non-toxic. We talk about uh, the environmental factors because as you know, being a survivor, I'm sure that only 10% roughly of the 
people who are diagnosed with this disease have a genetic mutation that leads to an increased risk. Well, then you look at the 90%, 80 to 90%, and you're like, well, where is this coming from? And it's a lot of environmental factors. And they oh, say, you know, about 80 some, I don't know the exact statistics, but it's around 80% of the cancers are preventable with lifestyle changes. That's and so, so funny. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just did a show on that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we, you know, through our nonprofit, that's kind of our first and foremost thing through the care packages and then educational information and workshops and all of that. And then beyond that, we really, we have a wellness retreat that we invite survivors to participate in to experience what it is to live a healthy lifestyle. So not only do we just tell them, but, you know, we want to give them the tools and give them an opportunity to experience that. And we also believe in a holistic approach. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you're going through the journey, there's so many aspects of your life that are impacted. And so how can we help in those areas of your life to reduce the frustrations, um, to just, you know, hold your hand throughout the journey? I mean, you have the isolation. Yeah. Yeah. You have things that are impacted, like your finances, um, okay. you know, childcare, transportation, your and, life, your friends. I mean, your yeah, friends, your job. life doesn't stop just because yeah. you've been diagnosed. And so we believe in a holistic pr- approach to where whatever the need may be, we try to help to fill that gap. We also have a sisterhood group that I started um, while I was going through the journey. My company was actually laying off at the time. And I had to be very quiet about what I was going through. Not so much of the fear of, of losing the income, but it was more about the insurance. <laughs> well, of course. So, yeah. Isn't that what drives most people's jobs? Like, exactly. Exactly. Insurance? Yeah. And so I went to support groups and, and I'm, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and not many people who are here are from here. So I didn't have like a whole bunch of family and didn't have a big support team. I had, you know, my mom who flew down to care for me, one of my best friends, who's also my business partner and co-founder, and a few other people who helped to support me, but I had to be very strategic and very quiet about it. And so when I went to support groups, no one looked like me. And I had a lot of questions that, the women who were at the support groups, they tried to answer, but they really couldn't. I was 38 years old and these women were 60 plus. And so, you know, I have questions around being young and wanting to have babies and dating and, and all of those things. And, you know, they weren't in those same shoes as me. And so God put it on my heart to start a support group online, but making it a little bit more unique. There are a lot of support groups online but I wanted it to be someone that is in my backyard that I could connect with. And so we set it up where I set it up to be more of a sisterhood of women in the greater Atlanta area that's been diagnosed with any type of cancer. And we just rally around each other and support each other and do whatever we can um, to just love up on one another. It's more than just a support group. It's truly, truly a sisterhood. So now we have over about 430 women in the group currently. And so that's all a part of, yeah, so we've moved that all under the, you know, My Style Matters umbrella so that these ladies can just be fully supported through our nonprofit organization as well. That's fantastic. And and I love your initiative and your, I mean, here you are getting chemo, being probably as sick as you've ever been and really still playing your A game as far as like, you know, um, doing the best for you. And, and, you know, out of necessity comes the, the greatest inventions, right? 
Yeah. So, so you saw a need and you were like, yeah, I need, I didn't have my family around me either. So I totally understand that. And I'm a hundred percent jealous of people who always have their family, yeah. but, um, and I'm fixing that cause I just, my kids live in Seattle. So I just moved to Seattle so that I'm, I don't have that situation again. And, you know, it's just hard being far away. And it, the fact that you were able to gather and grow to 400 women, that is fantastic. And I know those women are close. I, I can feel it. You know, that's yeah. just such a good, a good situation yeah. there. And the beauty of it too is that it's all types of cancer because what tends to happen in the breast cancer community is we focus solely on breast cancer, but we also know that there are other cancers that could potentially arise out of being diagnosed initially with a breast cancer. And so being able to educate one another, you know, we have women who've had ovarian cancer, cervical cancer, lung cancer, pancreatic cancer. I mean, you name it, we've had, you know, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and then we're able to connect the ladies together and we're able to educate each other because really, you know, there are some nuances for each different types of cancer. But when you look at it as a whole approach, I mean, we all experience the pain, we all experience the sickness, we all experience, you know, our um, care team, you know, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, it's just so many different things and we're able to have those conversations. We've had people to have recurrences where it was breast cancer and then it came back as cervical cancer. And oh, so now they're able to connect yeah. with other women in the group who've been diagnosed with cervical cancer and we're educating each other in the process of all of this. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I had known about this, but I went from breast cancer to ovarian cancer to a second ovarian cancer to uh, melanoma. So wow. I totally, I totally, in my last, and it's funny because after a fourth cancer, you're, you know, a fourth occurrence, your friends are like, again, like they're tired. Yeah. <laughs> you need a new support group at that yeah. time. And then they don't understand, you know, no. they really don't understand. I mean, many of us were several years out, but we still challenge with chemo brain, oh, neuropathy, yes. really other side effects. Yes. Yeah. I, I was trying to, I was talking about chemo brain the other day and I was like, I'm 10 years out and I swear to you, maybe I'm just holding on a little too strong, but every now and then I have like a straight up chemo moment. W one thing I do is I walk sideways sometimes. Yeah. Do you ever walk sideways? Just like randomly walk sideways. You're like, I've walked sideways before chemo. <laughs> I think I did too. <laughs> I was hoping maybe you would fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I can't blame that one on going through chemo. <laughs> Darn it. All right. I keep trying, but I think this is fantastic. Keep, keep going. Keep telling us about it. Yeah. So, you know, it, I mean, it's really great and we connect online and we connect offline. I mean, Atlanta is pretty big and spread out. And so having that sisterhood, um, kind of, you know, the big sisterhood, and then you have the pockets where, we connect the women who live in the same areas together and they go out and meet each other for tea or coffee or, or what have you. So it's, you know, I was, I was a part of a lot of the breast cancer groups on social media, but you know, you have an issue and yeah, people give their input and they chime in and then you get a bunch of prayer emojis. And I wanted it to be, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm not knocking that. Right. No, right. It does, doesn't do you any touch. good. Yeah. 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 We've lost, you know, society, you know, we've lost that physical touch through technology and texting and all of that stuff. And I remember having a young lady that made a post and, and she was having some struggles. And I said, call me. I gave her my number. She called me and she 
burst out and started crying. She had told me she was falling. And I said, you know, tell me about this. And she bust out, start crying. And she said, I'm scared. And I stopped everything that I was doing. I said, where are you? Text me your address. I'm on my way. And that's the kind of support that we need. Yes. Um, And that's what I, you know, created through the My Breast Years Ahead group. We actually had Facebook um, kind of, you know, picked up on what we were doing and they flew out from San Francisco and they did a a highlight reel on the group. So I was very thankful about that. And of course that caused even more growth. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. And, and your, I love your spirit. It, it comes through in your voice. It comes through in your pictures on your website. It's, and, and it's really, it's funny because if you are in the sisterhood or what is what do the men call it? If it's a sisterhood, what's the ma- male com- part of that? Well, well, my breast years ahead is only for women in the greater Atlanta area. So right, right, we no. love them, but you know, yeah. women, we, we have different issues. <laughs> right. True. We have all different parts. So, yeah. you know, it, it makes sense. But yeah. I, 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 um, I think, I think it's so important. And if you've been on that journey, you know how important it is. And yeah. if you've spent in, that's part of what I like to, to have people feel that mama bear community, that, that you're not alone. You're, you're, you're not struggling. You're not, there is a whole community just like you have your community at the, the, my style matters, you know, but you called it something else a second ago. Tell me what, what you, the kick cancer. So the, the sisterhood group is called my breast years ahead. Oh, that's great. I love yeah. that. My breast love years it. ahead. And the, the goal of that was, you know, even though I was diagnosed with breast cancer, that was kind of like my hashtag, but what guy gave me through that is we're all women and it's seeing yourself as healed, seeing yourself on the other side and not just the temporary, but it's more, you know, not the days, you know, we hear, you know, my best days ahead, but it's seeing yourself as healed and being and having a great life on the other side for years to come um, yes. and not limiting yourself. And so that's really what the name kind of, you know. And absolutely. And let's, let's back up for a minute and tell yeah. Let's tell the listeners why triple negative is so, why, I think there's, I, I see a common theme with people that are, have had triple negative that have companies and things like that cancer related. And the drive is very, very strong. And, and I wanted to let the listeners know that's because triple negative has such a high rate of um, coming back and metastasizing. And yeah. so there's a real fear factor to that too. It is. It really is. It's a motivating fear though. Like it really gets you to do something. You're like, oh, oh, hmm. Okay. I guess I will, uh, I guess I will use this time wisely. And then like, you know, you're, uh, you, how long have you been clear on your, on your scan? Yeah. So it's been, uh, it's been about four years. Yeah. Yeah. See four years. And that's, that's fantastic. And it's really P- triple negative can just be so ominous and like people when you say it, if they're familiar with it have you ever seen their face response it's like okay i need a community just to go back and talk about everybody's facial expressions when i say yeah. those words you know? yeah <laughs> i remember um when i was diagnosed and i shared with someone that it was triple negative and she said oh my gosh you have the worst kind of cancer <laughs> there is and you're like, thanks. And I'm, like, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally shut down. I told my mother, I said, I don't want to talk to anyone anymore because 
you know, it was new. It was fresh. I didn't know what triple negative was. It was like, what is that? You know, I'll be honest with you when my doctor said it to me. um, You know, this is the ignorance when you don't know. But I got excited because it wasn't I was hormonally like, I don't need driven. To be on medication for the next five or ten years. Yes. I'm just going to go through chemo. I'm going to have surgery and radiation, <laughs> and I'm done. Not that I was excited about chemo and radiation and surgery, but it was more so. I don't have to be on a medication for the next five years or ten years of my life. Right. I I responded exactly the same way, and I think yeah. it's because because if you think about it, it's it's not too logical. But I think it's because there was some positive feedback there. The positive feedback was, oh, I get this. I could be done with everything in a year and a half, or I can do it for five years. I'm going to go for the year and a half. And I know it's intense, but you know, you pretty much laid out the fact that triple negative can can be really a bad sentence. So I'm going to go ahead and go for the most extreme right now. So yeah, it makes sense at the time, but what people don't understand, and it's like, I know all chemos vary, and I'm not saying that one chemo is better or worse than the other, but what I'm saying is that if you have a friend that's going through triple negative, they're that particular set, you know, the TAC that they use, that they're, they're um, strategic, I can't think of the word, strategic planning as far as what they're going to give you, versus like if you have stage zero preventative, not minimizing anything for anybody, I'm just saying that it can be dramatically different the the treatments and so if you've had a friend who has the light end of treatments they're going to respond differently than the friend who has the heavy end of treatments and I got treated as though I was lightly dude I'm like oh no oh no no this is heavy duty guys like I can't even get up out of the bed to go to the bathroom my toilet is like three feet away and I'm not even joking yeah not get up out of this bed yeah you know and they're like oh I'm sorry um I have somebody here doing some handiwork I gotta go what yeah yeah (laughs) I'm sorry but you know it's funny because you learn as as you get to talk to more survivors and connect with them you know everyone's journey is different with the treatments but what I did learn which was very interesting to me kind of going back to Taxol is that Taxol and neuropathy hits harder in African-American women than our counterparts which oh, I, I found that, that to be, yeah, I found that to be very interesting. And um, why is that? Well, it has to do with our genetic makeup. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, it's, it's like, it just is more intense. It happens yeah. more often. Yeah, it, it hits harder. I find a lot of the long-term side effects are there a little bit longer. Um, and then the, the pain is a little bit worse. From this was actually I learned this at LBBC's conference last year. One of the oncologists shared that with us, and I it, it was disturbing because I'm like, why wasn't this shared with us? Right. You know, when we went through the journey, I don't know if the oncologists don't know if this is something that you know it's not well, important to them because it's all about hey, let's try to beat this thing, um, and this is the the, the plan, the treatment plan that we're going to go. But I do it, like yeah. Was it only African-American? Was there any other? Um... No, she, she said African-American women. Oh. And part of that too, I think, you know, the disparities with African-Americans not participating in clinical trials, or I'm not going to say not, but as much. And so when the, the research data comes out, it's not based on people of color. It's based on, you know, the majority that participates in the clinical trials, which are white men and women. Right. And so between 40 and 50. Yep. 
Yeah. And so right now, you know, which, which is a good thing is now they're doing more uh, precision medicine, uh, more targeted therapies, more let's do some genomic testing. Let's look at your tumor for you, the individualized plans to see if this particular drug is going to work for you because not everyone um, takes to Taxol. Taxol doesn't always work for everyone. And that's the standard of care um, from a treatment plan standpoint for uh, triple negative breast cancers, the AC and the, the Taxol. But it doesn't work for everyone. Wow. Yeah. I'm, 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 that, that makes me sad. I'm sorry that it's worse for, yeah. for you. That makes me sad that, it, that even that cancer can, it makes me sad that cancer is just that way. Like it just is so invasive. And like, you know, um, I do know, I do feel like the, with the neuropathy, there are th- some things that they are, they have doing. I think if you can help with your oxidative stress and get that, help get that under control, then that will help. Yeah with the, with that. But, and, and that's it's something good to be aware of. It's good to know information like that. Cause I didn't know that. And yeah. I have a basis to know it. So I appreciate you telling me that. And, and so what else, what else would you um, like to share with the listeners about your journey and your, and your company and, and things like that? Um, what, what else can we talk about that um, would be helpful for everybody? Yeah, well, one thing um, I got involved in um, after going through the journey, of course, starting a nonprofit, having the sisterhood support group. The other thing I got involved in is advocacy. And I found that to be very important that has really helped me to help others. You know, you go out, you learn so much. There's so much to this disease. We, you know, it's sometimes I find myself up all night long, just reading up on some of the newest things that are coming out. You know, there's a, a huge, huge discussions that are going on or great discussions that are now um, being talked about, which I didn't hear about when I was going through just a few years ago around disparities and how women of color living in Atlanta you know, I don't know if you're aware of this. Of course, African-Americans, we're not diagnosed as much as white women, but we are being, when we're being diagnosed, we're diagnosed at more aggressive stages. So three and four, and we're dying at alarming rates. And in Atlanta, we have the highest mortality rate amongst African-American women than any other metropolitan city. Well, that's, that's a travesty. That's I mean, not okay you know, at all. Yeah, that's horrible. I mean, you don't want it to be like that, period. No, but, for anybody. You know, living here in this metropolitan city and having these women that are dying as a result of this disease, you know, it's really, really heartbreaking. Just what, July? Around July, we lost within our sisterhood five women in the month of July to this disease. And they're okay. young. These women are young. And one of the things I really want to just educate people on is the lifestyle change is so important, so critical to help us lower our risk. Um, You know, every time you turn around, you're hearing people are being diagnosed. I get phone calls daily with someone saying, hey, a friend of mine has been diagnosed or my mom has been diagnosed or this person, the cancer came back or this person was just learned that they have stage four cancer. And, you know, it breaks my heart to hear this. And we know that this, the numbers are changing. 
um, they're increasing if we don't do anything about it. I know, you know, of course, the pharma industry and researchers, and they're really trying to do something about it. But when we hear prevention and we hear that 80 something percent of the cancers can be preventative, my goodness. You know, yeah. so really yeah. educating people on, you know, plant-based diet, moving your body. Um, every morning I juice, I juice celery. Yeah, <laughs> mindfulness. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love celery. That's that's great. Super healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of eating it, but I will juice the heck out of it. <laughs> that, that's and I that is really a, a great thing. And also in mindfulness too, you know, like yeah. keeping your mind in a good positive place, which yeah. I feel like you're very good at. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that you're, I can see in, in your future, you really being an activist for you, your situation and for African-American women, they need an activist. They need yeah. somebody to stand up and say, this is not okay. Yeah. And I think that that's fantastic. And I'm very sorry to hear those statistics. It makes me very sad. Yeah. And it's, and I, I, I'm guessing that I mean, I think we're at the point where, you know, like I, I probably a good thing I'm not a politician. I would, I think everybody should get cancer care and everybody's cancer should just be covered because our water system has so much fluoride in it. Fluoride causes you to be crazy for starters yeah. and it alters your cell and all cancer is, is an altered cell that yeah. gets a community behind them. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's really, um, it's important. It's important to, to, you know, and like you said, you recognized why you went through the journey. I recognize why I went through the journey and, you know, we have to do, we have to, if we have the means and the capability and the voice, you have to use it for, to, to help those who don't have a voice. And I yeah. feel like that is definitely something, and I would love to help you do that. So, you know, like I, I really feel like this is a, um, a great um, company. And I feel like what you do is really a, an outstanding community service and um, share your website and everything. So people can go on and see you and, and tell us a little bit of how we can help you out. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So our website is www.mystylematters.org. Um, and they can also find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter. I'm still working Twitter, trying to figure that all out. It's, so <laughs> it's many a lot. <laughs> it really is. It really is. We're on Facebook um, on at My Style Matters. Um, that's our handle on all of the platforms. But yeah, so we have some upcoming events. You know, October is slammed with breast cancer. Yes, very pink. Course. Yeah. yeah, so we have a event called the Lure for Cure. Um, there's also a that's, a, that's a breast cancer awareness mixer fundraiser that we're doing in October, October the 3rd here in Atlanta at the Ivy Buckhead, and all the information is on our website. Um, we also have an event that's called um, Beating Cancer Beautifully. We've partnered with uh, My True Beauty and Dillard's. Um, and Anastasia, so women will come and just have a day of just feeling good, you know, feeling beautiful, just so important. It's a give back, you know, because that's a part of, like I said, the holistic approach is our emotions, you know, sometimes we just don't feel good, you know, we don't feel beautiful, and, and we go through these things mentally, and so how can we help you, you know, by making you feel good, that you look good on the outside, but also touch the hearts on the inside. 
Um, that's October 19th in Atlantic Station. And that same day, we also have, um, we've been selected by the Hoops for, um, Hoops for Breast Cancer. Uh, it's a basketball charity that we're going to be at um, speaking about our, you know, about our organization, talking about the journey. Um, and they're making a contribution to our organization. So we're going to be a part of that um, in October. And then there's a few other things that we're working on. And we've recently partnered with um, the Magic Yarn Project, which I'm super excited about. We are going to be doing a day of service with the ladies in the My Breast Years Ahead Sisterhood. We are going to be making yarn wigs, princess wigs, and superhero beanies for children with cancer. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yes. So, you know, while we're going through our own stuff, it's just an opportunity for us to take our minds off of what we're going through and do something for someone else. Oh, my so. nephew has um, leukemia. And uh, so he, they, they do a whole thing in the hospital where he gets all these beads and he has all these necklaces and he, he's Superman Hugh. So he's, you know, they call him Super Hugh. So that, that almost made me tear up. That's really sweet. Oh, you, have, you know what? You have to let me know what his superhero character is and send me Superman. an address so we can get one of the beanies to you. <laughs> yes. And, and then, cool. then I'll take it over to him. They live in New Zealand. So I will, I will take it over to, to them, but I am, um, yeah. it's really, um, <clears throat> that's fantastic. Well, I hope that everything goes well and, and we will share all that information on our social media too. So you will be able to find um, your, the Tia and, and her programs and her information and all things like that. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I think it's, uh, um, I think it's good to hear and have open conversations about things that are uncomfortable and, and things that are, are, you know, affecting everybody. So I, uh, I hope that everything goes well. Is there anything else you want to add? That's it. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. You know, the biggest thing is, you know, if I had to leave any parting words for someone who's going through the journey, you know, first and foremost is your faith. Your faith is so important. You know, really just tap into God and just really trust the process. Be patient with yourself. Just really believe in your healing and what he has for you. And then the second thing I would say is um, get connected. You know, really plug into others that are going through the journey because they can help answer questions that your doctors may not share with you or they may not answer. Um, and then the third thing is advocate for yourself. You know, advocacy is so important. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I hear survivors say, you know, well, I have questions and my doctors don't answer me or they'll say things like, oh, let me just heal you and you go on about your life. And it's kind of frustrating or you'll have survivors that just don't know what they don't know. And so, you know, getting connected with, you know, small grassroots organizations that are boots on the ground in the community, holding people's hand through the journey, you know, really getting plugged in because they can help you with those advocacy efforts. You know, we'll, we'll go to treatments with people and, and help ask the, the right questions so that a survivor, um, a woman or a man, it doesn't matter, can have the information that they need to help them not only just be a, a, a better patient for themselves, but also to be an informed patient. You know, that's something that's, that's truly important. So I would say if I had those parting words, those would be the three things that I would share with someone who's going through the journey. And then even the caregivers, you know, be patient with the process. 
Um, Cause it's tough on them too, to sit back and watch as their loved one, you know, go through this process oh, yes. helplessly. I'm, you know, I'm incredible. So, yes, my last year, we spent the last year taking care of my um, husband's mother. She had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and she passed yeah. away. So oh, yes, so I will say, and I will say out of this whole journey, out of my four occurrences of cancer and my 10 years experience, I will tell you the hardest thing I did was a caregiver. Yeah. So um, I appreciate all your words and I stand behind all of your words and they're very, very true. Uh, great suggestions absolutely should have some of the things that you just listed a support system and, you know, take care of you and, and yeah. be you like yeah. it, this is about you and nobody else. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on today. And this is mama bear on Donita on mama bear on the cancer support um, podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Alrighty. Until next time, thank you for joining Mama Bear Donita.